You are listening to the Young Culture Podcast, where young adults from all backgrounds and experiences share their ideas and opinions. Go, Hello, Young Culture. Thank you for listening. I have James and Dennis here today. As promised, we're going to do our health and fitness Q&A. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hi, guys. My name is Dennis. I'm a personal trainer. I've been working as a personal trainer for about four to five years now. I started off my career at Steve Nash Fitness World and built up myself as a, as a trainer, acquiring certifications and education uh, through the company. And uh, I just recently started my own business out at Drive 365 out in White Rock. And Look at all uh, the promo they're getting, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I, I love the uh, new environment that I'm in. And uh, I get to work with uh, awesome guys like James Bailey and share lots of awesome ideas. So, yeah, it's awesome. That's a good introduction. Hi, <laughs> guys. I'm James Bailey. I'm a pro- uh, personal trainer out of Drive 365 Fitness. Uh, I started off as a sports performance trainer. I completed that for about two years until going on to uh, Drive 365, which I've been on a part of now for about three years. And um, we work a little bit more with, our, with general population there, which I've kind of mm-hmm. switched my um, demographic to. And uh, yeah, me and Dennis are ex- excited to answer some questions for you guys today. Well, I'm excited to have you guys here. Um, I actually have a question before we get into our questions. So I noticed on your Instagram you guys have these acronyms on your bio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does it mean? Go ahead, bud. Okay, so if you're talking Do you remember about yours? the ISSA yes. and BCRPA, yeah. so those are just uh, acronyms for the certifications. Um, so ISSA stands for International Sports Science Association, I believe, and the other one is the British Columbia British Columbia Recreation Parks and Association. Yeah. So those are yeah. just certifications that I that I have. And then so I've completed my International Sports Science Association Strength and Conditioning Coach, which um, got me going through to my uh, high performance training when I was uh, specializing with athletes. Um, I'm also certified in a functional movement screen as well, which helps. It's a movement capacity screening. So that shows me details of people's asymmetries, essentially. So if someone has a, uh, for example, if someone has a strong left uh left leg and coming down to stability i can kind of figure out if their left leg is a little bit off from their right leg and kind of figuring out imbalances from there and then i'm also certified in uh, nspa which is national sports performance academy and speed agility coach as well and i'm currently working on my precision nutrition uh, certification which kind of mixes um, a little bit of both of uh, science backed and um, um, coaching, habitual coaching as well to help people uh, kind of help with their nutrition needs. So, yeah. Cool. So you guys are quite credible then. You pretend yeah. to be. <laughs> I like to think yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Well, let's get started with these questions. And uh, thank you to everyone who submitted questions. Okay, first one. I think you guys are both really excited to answer this one. So let's talk about intermittent fasting. Let's okay. do it. So I'll start off with intermittent fasting. So... Um, it's really interesting when you kind of see these trends come in with these uh, diet approaches. Um, you know, inter- intermittent fasting seems to be the big one right now, as, uh, as well as keto. And uh, a lot of people seem to be mixing these two. Um, there's a couple. They, they use it like complementary yeah, to yeah, each other. Yeah, right? yeah definitely. Yeah. They definitely do can, can use it complementary to each other. Um, so, what is intermittent fasting, first of all? Um, the basic approach, uh, the usual approach is the uh, 16-8 uh, intermittent fasting, which is when you're uh, eating for eight hours and you're fasting, you're not eating anything at all, not putting any calories into your body, which is including drinks as well, uh, for 16 hours. 
Uh, the research behind Sorry, can that. Can I butt in? Yeah, of is course. there only one ratio, or do people? Nope. There's there's a few different ratios. Okay. So there's another one called like the Warriors Diet. So essentially, what they'll do uh, through there, you'll pick about two days throughout the week where you'll actually complete 24 hour fast. Mm-hmm. So if you stopped eating at uh, let's say 8 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, you can eat again at 8 p.m. on uh, Wednesday. Uh, you complete that for 24 hours, uh, twice a week. Um, there's other ones where you kind of spread your meals twice through the day, and you have 12-hour um, intervals um, between eating. So if you want to eat at 8 a.m., one meal, and then eat at uh, 8 p.m., another meal, that's another version. Uh, fasting, essentially, intermittent fasting is just finding large periods of not eating food, essentially. Um, the, uh, theory and, and the science behind it, um, is essentially, uh, it's mainly to control insulin levels. So the theory behind it is, um, when your insulin is a lot lower, you're a lot more perceptive to using, uh, fats as energy. Um, your body will also create, um, a fat called, uh, uh um, do 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 um, <laughs> keto something I can't remember ketosis? what it's called or ketosis or ketones yeah See, exactly I know so something too over here <laughs> um, so that's a big one another really important part of uh, intermittent fasting um, is a thing called autophagy as well so uh, essentially what your bad um, weak or dying cells uh, when you're constantly putting in energy into your body, your body's going to use the fastest and most available energy um, uh, possible at the time. So if you eat, let's say, uh, sushi and you have something quick digesting like rice, your body's going to want to use those carbohydrates that's still in your blood and hasn't been digested um, and broken down into your – be stored into your muscle yet, right? So um, coming back into full circle, your body will uh, use fats um, – a little bit easier because insulin is not so high. Insulin, what it does is it uh, pretty much binds or carries out uh, carbohydrates to use for energy and put into your bloodstream. Um, when it's low, your body's going to be using a little bit more fats because you don't have that insulin to carry around carbohydrates to be used for energy. Um, why it's so popular is so many people are losing weight off of this. Um, there's two big things that are happening here with intermittent fasting. I won't talk about uh, the keto diet right now. Um, one of the biggest reasons is, is yes, it will hap- help you uh, lose fat. But the thing is, and if you listen to my podcast uh, previously, um, it is, at the end of the day, calories in versus calories out. So people who think that they can eat from 12 to 8 and eat a gigantic sushi platter and then go like, let's go hit up five guys now because I got eight hours to eat whatever I want. It's not how it's going to happen. If you... If you burn 2,500 calories in a day and you end up eating 3,500 calories throughout your eight-hour window, you're going to lose weight. The reason it's been helping people lose weight is because it's cutting off their 10 p.m. snack time. That's why. It's cutting off your morning breakfast. So when people do lose weight and they don't binge eat so heavily uh, during that 12 to 8 eating window, Mm -hmm. um, you've skipped out on your breakfast and your late-night treats. You know what I mean? I, I do it. I, I have dark chocolate and peanut butter every single night. I can't yeah, say no to that. I yeah. Love so breakfast. here's Dennis. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. On yeah. It. So I mean, to add to James's point, a lot of these fad diets mm-hmm. and things that are going on right now, at the end of the day, they're just they're all different ways to cut out calories. And like James said, that's really all what it comes down to is calories in versus calories out. So whether it's keto, whether it's paleo, whether you're doing the this 16 hour faster, like you said, the, the warrior diet, it really, all it comes down to is you're just finding a different strategy to cut down your calories 
whether that's keto or paleo, whatever is suitable for you, whatever diet is, is uh, sustainable for you, that's going to be the best one for you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's applicable to absolutely everybody. So we just have to keep that in mind, especially as beginners or someone who's starting out and looking at all this information online. Just be wary about, you know, uh, false information and, and things that are going to lead you down a path where you're ultimately wasting a lot of time and maybe you're doing your body harm. So do your research first before you get into things like intermittent fasting and keto diets and all like that, all, all stuff like that. Uh, just make sure you do your research. Right. I have a question. So as you said, it's just another way to. Kind of yeah. Create kind of a style of a calorie yeah. deficit calorie diet. Exactly. Yeah. So like, different people can use it in whatever ways is useful for them. Are there certain types of people where you should not be trying stuff like this? Yeah, um, so I'll give you a, a, a really simple example. So I had a client who worked with a trainer uh, in the past previously to me, um, and that trainer had advised that person to start the ketogenic diet, and that was gonna be the best way for them to lose fat and get their best results the quickest. Um, and so what, what actually ended up happening was she started to see a lot of health complications. And the reason was is because she had a surgery where her gallbladder was removed. And so when you have your gallbladder, w when you don't have your gallbladder, excuse me, um, when you are on a very high fat diet, that could potentially become a, 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 a huge risk for you. So those are some things and a, a specific example as to some like a, a ketogenic diet might not work for someone like that in, in that specific case. I don't know if you have any. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and you know, uh, so genetically we all use, uh, our body prefers different, uh, energy systems, right? Um, for instance, I'm very, uh, it's called glycolytic, which is just a fancy word for saying my body likes to use carbohydrates for energy. Yeah. It does not like to use fats. Uh, I won't get into kind of, that's a different story about how to figure that out. Um, but essentially actually, most of us are like that. The majority of the public is like that. It's a, it's a preferred energy path. Yeah. Um, so when I woke, when I was doing fasting from it, for example, you know, I'm, I will, will always test something out with myself before uh, recommending it to anybody. So I was giving it a go and, uh, I was sluggish. Now I won't lie. If you go through it and you, you take your time, your body will adapt. It will get better at using fats as an energy source. Um, but to me, you know, what's the point? Why, why suffer so hard? And, um, when there's easier ways, better pathways, and there's other ways that you can find calorie deficits. And when I'm looking at that dark chocolate and peanut butter at 9 p.m., yes, you better course. believe I'm coming for it yeah. because I don't want to say no. And there's like you know that that's there's no reason to make you suffer yeah. while you're dieting, right? Um, and like um, Dennis said, uh, medical conditionings as well. You know, like I won't lie, feel free to experiment if you want to try it. Go for it. It works for some people. It's worked for people before. But I've but it, all we're trying to say is don't fall trapped to those trend diets, right? There's medical issues that can happen. And honestly, it sounds cliche, but consult your doctor before mm -hmm. making any rational changes that, in, yeah. in your diet. So it's just as simple as that. Yeah. That was good. Good. I like that explanation. Okay. My phone turned off. Next question. Am I making any progress if I'm not tracking what I'm eating when working out? Okay. That, that, it depends. Uh, I would say that, that your best option is always to pay attention to what's going on in your diet. Does that mean that you need to track it? Not necessarily, but that it, I would say that as a trainer and what I tell most of my clients is yes, that you definitely 
need to track your your calories and your food if you are serious about losing and or gaining weight or making any sort of progress because at the end of the day you know they say abs are made in the kitchen, right? So 90% of your results that you're going to see is, is a direct result of what, what you're putting into your body. So if you're really serious about your goals, I would recommend that, yeah, you should take a look at what's going on in your diet. Just because you're not paying attention to your diet doesn't mean that you won't see results. You know, some people are just, you know, they, they just eat healthy and they don't have to pay attention and they see great results. But for the majority of us, that's not the case. And, and, uh, from my experience working with clients, a lot of people don't actually know what's going on in their diet. I, I more often than not, I'll ask someone, you know, uh, during a consultation, what was the last thing you ate or what did you have for breakfast this morning? And a lot of the times they have a very tough time remembering. So sometimes people, you know, they, they don't even know what they're putting into their body. So if you are serious about your goals, I would say, yes, yeah, yeah you need yeah. to track your calories and track your food. Yeah, I'll get on. Um, yeah, when it comes to tracking food and calories, uh, you know, if you can do it in a simplified way, it, it's what Dennis said earlier, what's sustainable to you, right? Mm -hmm. And if um, sustaining, uh, if you don't mind counting calories, like sometimes I'm, uh, I actually like doing it, but I'm also a weirdo, uh, you know, <laughs> when it comes to fitness yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, some people like to do it, you know, you know what you're putting into your body, you know how much you're putting into your body. Um, but the other part of it, I, uh, I, I personally don't recommend it to um, all my clients, but the thing is, there's always been a point in time when I said, can you do me a favor and just please count everything you eat for two weeks? It sets you up with the skills and tools to go outside of the gym and know how much of what is, uh, how much of, uh, when you look at something, you get a better idea of what calories is. Right. Like the amount of foods I can just name off in my head by ounces and know the fats, proteins and carbs. Mm -hmm. It's gave me the skills to go outside in this world and look at meals and say, okay, well, that's about this. And then compared to this, mm -hmm. it's going to be about 700 calories right. and so on. It, it creates more awareness about what you're putting into your body. There's nothing wrong with accumulating more knowledge. Yeah, that's right. right. That, that is yeah. right. Yeah. 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 And I've, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've uh, recommended counting uh, um, calories to a client. They came back to me. One sausage is 250. Yeah, yeah. I've been crushing 10 of those a night. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, now we've kind of figured something out. Mm -hmm. So you, you've it's always there's always a time and place for it at the very least mm -hmm. i think for me when i started paying attention to those things was the serving sizes like you said portioning, yeah. You learn, yeah you learn your portioning and that's a huge point of it as well right you learn how much and like cooking oils and so on so on like like when i found out how much a tablespoon of peanut butter was mm. it was upsetting because i was having two per one serving all those little additives they they they, they add up yeah. they do add up exactly. yeah yeah um i'm gonna ask a question so Actually, I don't know. This might take a lot of time. <laughs> um, the macros versus calorie situation. Macros versus calories. Like which would oh, which, which would you? you yeah, or like. Honestly, again, it it at the end of the day, it comes down to calories in versus calories out. Now, I am a big believer in the quality of the calories that you're consuming, and. Especially when it comes to your goal, yeah, you you have to pay attention to your macros because if you're trying to lose weight uh, on a certain training Can system, you tell people what a macro is? Sure. Yeah, I think that so might your be basic the macronutrients are your carbohydrates, your fats, and your proteins. So those are the big three that we talk about. Um, so when you're looking at uh, a training system and you're asking yourself, what is your intention? What is your goal? If my goal is to lose, let's say I'm trying to lose 20 pounds of fat and I'm on a certain training system, 
that requires me to consume a certain amount of, of carbs in order for me to sustain that, that, that uh, training system or, or the program that I'm on uh, compared to, I don't know, let's say if you're trying to gain a lot of muscle and you're on a, uh, a, a program that's based on uh, mainly uh, cardio or endurance. So this, like you gotta really look at your macronutrients depending on your training, what your intention is, that's where that's where the big question mark is. So, I don't know if you want to add to that. Yeah. So, kind of coming into macros, macros versus calories. Uh, Dennis said it simply by just saying calories in versus calories out. At the end of the day, now there's also very um, uh, verifications to that as well, right? Um, I mean, if people are curious about it, you know, um, who who World Health Organization acronym okay, acronyms who um, you know. We can't really recommend to you guys what kind of macros to have, you know. Um, That's very individual, right? Yeah, it's yeah. very individual. It's like what what Dennis said. Like we, like you said, there's a gl- the glycolytic uh, pathway, which uses a lot of carbohydrates. So, for example, if you're an explosive athlete, you, you gotta have your carbs. Like you're not mm-hmm. going keto and eating fats um, and and trying to be an explosive athlete. Like if you guys are sprinting, you guys are using carbohydrates. Ninety percent of the energy during those sprints is carbohydrates. So if you're eating fats and you're just like the engine won't start today. You know, you're literally not putting that fuel into the right en- energy right. system that you're trying to use, right? If you're a long distance runner, it's more of a um, fat fat energy source. Yeah. So you'll feel great off of those fats, right? Like that's something we could do a little bit more keto. Um, so that's why people shouldn't be scared of carbs, right? Or Yeah, well, yeah. again, it depends on your intention, what your goal is, and, and how you're training, right? Uh, but definitely you should not be afraid of carbs. You, yeah, you need carbs. Yeah. yeah. People are afraid of carbs because they did studies on carbohydrates and the people were eating graham crackers all day, every day and white bread. Okay. I think that's a really important thing to note too, because I learned that um, while I was in school, the claims that people make are based off of very specific studies. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of studies are getting debunked nowadays, especially when it comes to the fitness world. Especially because they use a specific small population. And if it, I'm, I'm going to give my own advice now. And then it's for a specific population. And if the study checks out for a certain percent, all of a sudden it's a claim. It's bias information. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I, a lot of the, a lot of these studies, you also have to pay attention to the timeline that it was done in. Are these long-term studies? Are these short-term studies? Yeah. So who conducted, this who conducted it? Are they credible? Is it, is it peer reviewed? You know, so there's a lot of variables to to consider when you're looking at studies and you're you know there's a lot of disinformation online i i I always suggest do your own research make sure you're thorough about it and don't just take something at surface level right yes so i like having you guys here because you're explaining it in more detail awesome okay next question i don't consistently work out is any change happening when i work out on and off or do i have to be in a consistent routine before change starts to happen um, yeah, consistency is key. Consistency is key. You know, like when we kind of, uh, build a pyramid of, uh, what qualities you need to achieve your goal, we make a pyramid, obviously yeah, we make a pyramid, like I just said, and that pyramid literally gets cut right in half. Now on the left side, we have different qualities, kind of like supplements, food quality choices, macros, food timing. Um, and then on the other half, on the other half, it's consistency because all those qualities do not matter if you are not being consistent right um 
if you want to gain muscle, like how can I put this in other terms? If you want to, if you want to be a better swimmer and you swim once every two weeks, do you really think you can be, become a better swimmer? Right? Like, like I mean, it's, it, it, it really comes down to adherence, right? Mm-hmm. So especially if you're, you're working towards a, a specific goal, you're never going to get there if you're not, like James said, it, it all comes down to how consistent you're being and how, how you're adhering to the program or, or to the nutrition that you have to follow. Um, you know, it's like there's a balance, you know. It, when, you're, when you're training, you don't want to, especially if you're starting off, you don't want to burn yourself out. So you have to kind of start off by a little bit of a balancing act in terms of like, you know, making sure that you have time for yourself to recover and, and do the things that you want to do in your life, but also, uh, you know, the commitment that you made to yourself, the goal that you're trying to achieve, you, you make sure that you put in the work that needs to be put in in order for you to get there. And, and ultimately, that comes down to, you know, the adherence to the program, the adherence to your to whatever it is you're working towards. So, yeah, consistency is, is huge. And that's actually the number one thing that I find with people, that, um, especially when they start off, you know, they'll come in for two weeks, three weeks, and they're going every single day, and they, they kind of burn themselves out, and they're not learning to kind of balance it out. And, and, you know, true consistency is kind of, it's built over time. It's like a, like a snowball effect, yeah. right? You start off with something small, and you kind of build it up, right? Okay, next question. How do I get over a plateau? All right, so there's a lot of things that we can address here. Um, Number one thing I would say is take a look at your diet. Um, Like we said before, 90% of the results that you're going to see are are coming from what you're putting into your body. So number one thing is take a look at what's going on with your diet. Maybe you want to track for a week or two and just kind of see what's going on. Um, The other thing is take a look at your training regimen, how many days a week you're training, your training frequency, and kind of what you're doing is, are you doing, you know, lower body, upper body splits? Are you doing full body? Are you doing cardio-based exercises? Um, and just kind of maybe need to switch it up. So following on to what Dennis just said, you know, a big thing is uh, there's a sim- um, thing called progressive overload. Yeah. So essentially, if you're going to the gym every single day and you're doing 20 minutes cardio at – six miles per hour and you're like that's my workout i'm gonna do that monday wednesday friday and you're like why am i not getting any better why am i not losing any weight you are doing the exact same thing every day your body has adapted and it's uh it knows the stimulus that you're putting on and it can perform at a higher rate so you need to keep giving it progressive overload so when you're running that 20 minutes at six six uh, miles per hour every day you know every week just add 0.2 0.5 you know it's slow um, incremental jumps going up. If you're if you're benching and you do a set like if you're if your uh, main lifts looking like it's like three sets of ten, you've been doing 135 pounds with two minutes rest every time. Just add two two and a half pounds, and then wait till you get back up to that three sets of ten again. So it's these small little tools of progressive overload that can be um, huge into your gains at the gym. Yeah. Um, ultimately, exposure. Right. You're you're looking at what are you exposing yourself to now? What can you do to make it a little bit harder, whether that's a progressive overload using weight, or maybe you want to increase the amount of volume that you're doing. So maybe instead of doing three sets of 10, now you're doing four sets of 10. Um, there's a lot of different uh, ways that you can attack that. Uh, my, my favorite 
one of my favorite ways is is actually just changing the 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 variable in, in terms of the time under tension. So going slower through your reps or, you know, pausing through some of your exercises and just holding on to the tension that can, that, that for me has, has been a, a game changer for some of my clients so and myself. Let's talk about that. So the variables in weightlifting is what resistance, yep. time under time tension, under rest, volume, rest and volume, yep. right? So one more time, resistance, time under tension, yep. Um, volume, volume and rest. Yeah. Okay. So look at one of those four components and change one of them, whether that be the resistance, like I just said, add 2.2.5 pounds to your bench press. It could be the, sorry, the time under tension. So that's like your tempo essentially. So if you're benching, you guys need to be, be t- paying attention to your benching. And I can't just keep saying benching because it's very universal. Everyone benches on Mondays, right? So if you take about two seconds to lower the weight, you pause for one second at the bottom, and then you take two seconds to bring the weight back up, that's five seconds of time under tension. What do you want to do? All you need to do is add one second wherever you want to in that time under tension, right? Now, if we're talking about... Um, volume Dennis has already um, talked about that right slowly add add another set right if you're doing three sets of 10 add two reps right three sets of 12 right and then there's rest so if you're resting three minutes between every set and you want to take two and a half minutes take two and a half minutes and just make sure you're still smacking all three of those three sets of 10 now here's the problem you're going to listen to this and be like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add five pounds to my bench press. I'm going to add two seconds to my time under tension. I'm going to add another set and I'm going to decrease my rest by one minute. You're going to get crushed. And this is when we talk about slowly breaking plateaus, right? If you're stuck at a plateau, these are methods that you can use for resistance training to um, break through those plateaus. But one at a time, one at a time. All right. Um, That's good for that. The part two, I'm just asking for myself. <laughs> how like let's say you're you don't even realize that you're in a plateau like when you're working out how how can you tell for yourself if you need to like push yourself more well again if your goal is to lose weight and you know you've noticed that you haven't been losing weight then you could say that you've hit a plateau but or set a goal mm-hmm. yeah goal setting like like w- sometimes we talk about personal training in the sense of like people have it covered sort of thing because sometimes the obvious is something like this you know you can't just be showing up to the gym and being like what do i want to tackle today go in with a plan have a goal at the end of the mind at at the end of the uh, year or end of the time of the period that you're thinking of look at your arnold schwarzenegger poster that's on top of your ceiling you know and uh go towards your goals that was my 16 year old (laughs) bedroom poster motivation (laughs) so yeah that that that's a great way i always with everything in life, it's it's always good to work towards a goal, and that kind of you can always kind of check yourself. It kind of keeps you accountable, and, and that's a great tool to use to to kind of tell where you're at on your way to your goal. Are you stuck? Are you making progress? So yeah. Cool. Next question: How do I gain weight? So this is going to be a two part. So female and then male. It's I think it's universal for both. Um, I mean, when we talk about gaining weight, I'm sure that people are talking about gaining lean muscle mass. So that comes really comes down to, again, calories in versus calories out. If you're trying to gain weight, you, you must consume more calories than you burn. Um, the other thing is your, your protein. So are you eating the proper amount of protein? Uh, is your body absorbing that protein and, and actually turning it into uh, muscle? 
So those are things that you, yeah, quality uh, that you want to look at. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to add to that, James. I'll, I'll get in on this. So the amount of people, especially young teenager boys, have that have come up to me and said, listen, I can just never gain weight. It doesn't matter how much I eat. You know what I say? I say, what'd you eat for breakfast? They say, oh, I didn't eat breakfast. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's very common. I'm like, most important meal of the day. Um, no, like, honestly, people, a lot of people, uh, they don't realize, like, like, you're trying to grow muscle tissue on your body. You're literally trying to add another physical substance onto your body. That takes a lot of energy. So um, to kind of give you a little bit of a better breakdown of it, you got to be eating 500 to 1,000 calories above what you're burning in a day. So, you know, for the most, for the, for usually for the normal person, it's anywhere between 1600 to 2,500 calories for the normal active person. That's a decent amount of calories. Um, when you're missing breakfast, you have a little bit of a lunch and then you have a gigantic dinner. Um, you know, a, you're giving your body a really hard time to break down all the, all that food in one sitting. So, cause you're not, um, distributing it out throughout the day. Um, and two, you think you've ate a lot because you're going to bed stuffed, right? Um, so if you're trying to gain weight, it's literally as simple as eat more, whatever you're eating every single day, eat more. And it's also as simple as, Hey, maybe you should count your calories. Boom. Track food and be patient. Like James said, you're trying to add uh, more muscle to your body. You're trying to add cells to your body. That takes time. Be patient. Yeah, patience is key. Consistency. There we go. Um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, resources for tracking calories, et cetera, et cetera. I use my fitness pal. Yeah, I'm using yeah. my fitness pal too. Okay. That's what I find most people use. Mm-hmm. I know some people use like Weight Watchers. I think they kind of do more of like a point system. Um, but again, plate. and yeah, my plate. Yeah. And, and, and I know Fitbit has a platform where they do that sort of stuff mm-hmm. as well. Um, ultimately, anything that even some people just if just writing it down. I love using the apps, though, because they actually give you the information. It's quick um, and, and it some of the apps actually give you some notifications and you can save meals and it just makes it super convenient for you. So, uh, my favorite one is my fitness pal. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I don't yeah, know if you no, use I'm any of that. That's, a, that's the exact same thing. Yeah. I use the same thing. You can save meals, you know, really kind of learn how to use the app instead of getting frustrated with it and being like, Oh my gosh, it can be a little bit of a nuisance when you start beginning it, being ending with it, but we all eat that same meal every freaking day, yeah. you know? Yeah. So once you start saving meals and you kind of go somewhere, and, and you'll get a good idea of what you're eating when you eat out at a restaurant yeah. or if we're going for fast food. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Next question is how many times a day should I eat to gain muscles or to lose weight? Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's calories in versus calories out. Yeah. And to be honest, you can eat one meal a day. And if it's over what you burn, you will gain weight. Now, is that the most efficient way to do it? No, 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 I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying it's possible, right? Um, how many meals a day? Um, so here's an easy, easy rule, of, easy kind of rule of thumb sort of thing. You know, 
regularly we kind of digest anywhere between 25 up to 50 grams of protein uh, per meal, dependent on uh, each individual, uh, what your day looks like, uh, yeah, what's your genetics, what's your hormone profile looking like, like that day. Um, but to be honest, do do what you can be consistent with and what's easy for you. You know, like if you're just easy, I'm easy with the breakfast, lunch, dinner, two snacks in between, peanut butter and chocolate at the end of the night. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a lot of that's going to be dependent on on people's schedules. Yeah. So uh, ultimately, what 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 you can sustain and and stay consistent with is going to be the best option for you. Uh, typically, though, most people do well with anywhere between three to five meals, depending on the size. I would just say make sure that you have you know a decent amount of time between meals that you're not you know just stuffing yourself like James said. You know, skipping breakfast having lunch, having a little bit of a lunch and then having a massive dinner, right? Especially if you're trying to gain muscle, that's probably not the most efficient way to get there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So pretty much if you're trying to stay anabolic all day, if you're trying to grow muscle, you do want to kind of um, spread out those meals throughout the day. You know, that's an easy, easy rule of thumb because uh, you're trying to stay anabolic. And uh, if when you have large periods of not eating between meals, you're going to go catabolic in between those hours. Usually it takes around three to six hours, uh, depending on your meal to digest. Mm -hmm. But if you had a protein shake and a cliff bar, that's taken an, an hour, yeah. maybe, oh maybe, yeah. right? So you've digested it. It's been stored in your body. Now you're going into a catabolic state because your body doesn't have any of those, uh, energy sources into your blood. So now we're pulling out energy out of your cells, right? So it's what, what what's your goals, right? If you want to try to lose weight, Maybe being a little hungry for a little while and skipping um, one meal throughout the day and kind of being in this low insulin level state, it'll help you out if you want to try to lose some fat. But if you're trying to gain muscle and you don't want your body to use muscle tissue as an energy um, um, source, uh, stay anabolic and uh, eat every, every three to four hours. Yeah. Boom. Cool. Done. Let's see what's next. Okay, how many days a week should I work out to reach my goals? I guess is that what they're saying. How long should the workout last? So I've heard. I know you guys have heard this a lot. It depends uh, on, for every individual what your goal is, what your intention is. So how long the workout should last? That's tough. I mean, it really depends on what you're doing. And what your goal is, your training frequency. I would always like to say as high as possible. Uh, and again, depending on what you're what you're doing in, in your training, um, am I gonna go super hard every single day? Probably not. And you know, I need to allow myself time to rest because if you are trying to gain muscle, you also need to consider that you need to have time for your body to rebuild itself. So that might be something where like someone who's trying to lose weight might benefit from going every day and someone who's trying to you know gain mass might take a day or two in between but it comes down to your goal and your intention i don't know if you want to add to that hit weights two or three times a week go for a run two three three times a week um you know that's a general guideline there's very uh, many many variables when you get into specificity right um you can work out for gymnasts work out for six hours straight yeah. you know that's what they do for a living Olympi olympians work out for 10 hours a day now 
they're eating in between. There's very time schedules. There's certain time schedules, but and you know they're rehabbing, prehabbing, mobilizing, so on, so on. But I mean, like an easy general guideline is uh, hit the hit the weights about two, three times a week. Hit some kind of cardio for about forty five minutes to thirty minutes, depending on what you're doing, yeah. for about two to three times a week. And uh, you'll see some great progress from there when it comes to kind of uh, how long you should work out. If, if you're working out and you're not refueling yourself uh, an hour at most, yeah. you know, after about 45 minutes of intensive training, your cortisol rises and you start eating a little bit of muscle tissue as well. Um, mm, good to know. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're working for a triathlon, you've got to make those two-hour yeah, workouts. So there's a lot of variables into this as well. Um, intuitive training is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Do you wake up and do you feel terrible and you still work out? Not going to help you, buddy. Go for a nice, easy jog or something like that, right? If you feel like you wake up and you're feeling like you can take on the world, go hit the weights. Yeah. Do something that makes yeah. you feel good. I, was, I would like to add one more thing. I would, I would also say, um, like James said, if you're working towards general health, two to three times a week hitting the weights, two to three times a week doing cardio. I would say for cardio, definitely three times a week for just general health, um, but also train like an athlete. You know, um, that's a huge Did thing that, that people quote? miss. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll use that. You know, uh, <laughs> a lot of people are getting into this. There's two sides of the spectrum, I find. You're either doing bodybuilding or you're way over here and you're doing, you know, like neurological-based training, which are like, you know, super, super uh, specific and very scientific. And there's a, there's a huge trend going on there. But the answer is somewhere in the middle. And so when we can, if we can combine components of, you know, both sides of the spectrum, that's where you're going to get the best results. But uh, yeah, when it comes to like training frequency, yeah, two to three times a week generally for general health. Yeah. Cool. Next question. If you are sore, such as after leg day, should you rest or go to the gym the next day? From my experience, if I'm super sore from leg day, I'm probably not going to go and do another leg day the next day. Um, I would probably do some active recovery, just kind of help my body, you know, get some blood flow, get some oxygen in that area to, to help the recovery process. Um, but yeah, totally can hit the gym the, the next day. Just might focus on something else. If you're doing those specific splits, like if you're doing a lower body and then upper body, for sure you can get away with that. I probably would advise against doing a, a super intense leg day two days in a row because, again, when it comes down to that um, muscle recovery, we need time for our bodies to to recover from the damage that, that we, you know, sustain during training. You know, so my – what I'm trying to do when I'm training people is I'm trying to make a – optimal human being for themselves you know and uh in order to do that i do i personally believe that you can hit the gym every day now i'm not saying you should but you can Mm -hmm. there's very many there's so many different qualities that you can work on right if your legs are sore dance hit it right on the on the nail right like you can come in the next day am i gonna do a leg workout no but active recovery maybe i'll push the sled around a little bit you know um, I will give you guys some uh, unfortunate advice. The best thing to do when something's hurting and sore, I'm not going to say hurting, actually terminology is very different nowadays. When something is very sore, use it. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, it's going to be way worse the next day. Um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll honestly, I'll, I'll squat one day and the next day I'll come in and just squat with just the barbell just to get a pump on, on those legs. And like Dennis said, get the oxygen, blood, nutrients pumping through as well. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever in your training or in life, if you guys have done something super rigorous and then sit down for a few hours and how stiff you feel when you stand up. So that kind of goes into what James said. You know, if you have something that's sore, uh, don't not to use it. You need to make sure that there's blood flow. We're getting oxygen in the area to help things recover. So, yeah. Okay. Next question. What's the most effective split? Like I know that people do upper lower or push pull legs, but I never know what'll work best for me. And also how much cardio should I be doing? Well, I guess you guys kind of talked about that mm-hmm. part earlier. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, Sorry, could you just repeat the, the beginning part of that question? What's the most effective split? Split, right, okay. I, again, it depends on your goal. So if I'm a power lifter, probably going to be best working on my compound lifts, uh, so bench squats and deads. I probably split that up onto you know separate days so I can focus on them or, or maybe do two in one day and um, I'm overloading one and maybe going a little lighter on the other. If I'm, you know, an endurance athlete, I might be doing a cardio probably close to every single day with some active recovery in between. So again, it really comes down to your goal, what your intention is. Uh, but they, I wouldn't say that there is one best split. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Following up with that, it's uh, definitely independent. Um, so, you know, like, and it comes down to, to two other things, right? Like what's your schedule and what's your experience? Right. So experienced lifters, they can lift up, lift six, six days a week. They're also doing smart lifting. Yeah. They're not uh, maxing out every oh, single yeah. day. Right. I'm talking they're going in and hitting 30 minutes of weights and coming out. So it comes up to experience. Um, what's your schedule? I would say if you can only work out two days a week, it's got to be full body. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. It's got to be full body. If you're doing three days a week, maybe you can do one upper, one lower, and then your third day is the full body. Right. If you got time to smack down a workout six times a week, hey, I do that. Um, And but I'm very also very knowledgeable about my splits in the sense of, you know, maybe I'll do one upper body one day, lower body the next day. I'll have a cardio slash active recovery slash mobility day. Um, When you say active recovery. So active recovery is something like, so let's say you had a leg day on Tuesday, right? So your legs are trash and you want to come in on Wednesday and get some work. You know, I'll come in, I'll do about 10 minutes on the bike, get the legs really pumping. I'll do um, some sled pushes, some sled drags, like Dennis said earlier, trying to just pump blood into those legs. And then I'm going to focus on um, my minor qualities, like what's my hamstring length going on? What's feeling beat up today? Can I foam roll? Can I do some self-myofascial? Like, I think like this is like when Dennis is kind of keys in here because uh, he's great with these kind of recovery mo- mo- um, modal- modalities. Um so we kind of have a plan of uh, what's hurting. Um, I think Dennis can like take over here because he's. Yeah, I mean, this. Uh, when you talk about active recovery, um, it's basically just moving, right? It just comes down to blood flow and oxygen because that's ultimately what's going to bring uh, nutrients and, and help your recovery in whatever area you need it. So, like James said, if I'm doing a heavy leg day and I'm super sore, it's probably going to be pretty beneficial for me to do 
you know, some light sled pushes, a little bit of a, a light jog on the, on the treadmill and just, just get things moving and, and allow things to breathe. Because what happens is your, your muscles are essentially suffocating if they're not getting enough blood flow, enough oxygen in there. And so that's where stiffness comes in and that's where actually increase of injury uh, uh, comes in. So you actually increase the chances of injury if you're not uh, properly recovering and, and doing, you know, taking the time to allow your body to, to rest. Um, you know, I, and I'll, I'll kind of follow up with that again, going back to the uh, splits and what you should be doing. I'll, I'll kind of give you guys uh, some recommendations. So like I said, if you can only lift two or three times a week, definitely uh, full, body, full body, right? If you can do five days a week, work on your movement qualities, right? So when I say that, I kind of touched briefly on, uh, upon this um, on the previous podcast as well. But, you know, there's horizontal pushing. So like a bench press or a push-up, there's uh, horizontal um, oh, pulling. <laughs> so there's horizontal pulling, which is like a barbell row or a TRX row. There's vertical push and pull, which is like a chin-up and a dip. So like a dip would be the vertical push, and then uh, a pull-up would be the vo- vertical pull. Yeah, or a shoulder press, something like that, yeah. And then there's, uh, for your lower body, there's a squat and the hip hinge. So you can really kind of ch- um, choose movement qualities. Like what I love to do, I, I truly believe almost every workout should kind of in some substance be a full body workout, um, even if you're doing four times a week. But be like, hey, maybe I want to really uh, work on my um, bench pressing, you know. So I'm going to bench press, open up with bench press, and then I'm going to have a supplemental lift, and that's going to be something that's going to help me with my main lift, so like a dumbbell press. And then I'm going to get into a little bit of a circuit because I can get a little bit of conditioning. So now I'm going to hit goblet squats, I'm going to hit shoulder presses, and I'm going to hit TRX rows. And so I'm just getting a little bit – and that way you're creating um, an anabolic pathway for your entire body rather than just – overloading one system or one movement quality of your body as well right right and now now that's really special and really actually awesome because you're you've changed your training now the focus on quality over quantity and i'm a big believer in that cool okay another question what's the best way to lose fat like we said before, calories in, calories out, uh, and and also your your training regimen is is a big part of it. Um, you know, I would say that incorporating some sort of power training, so incorporating things like speed and strength training are huge. Um, from my experience, doing an hour of cardio is not the best way to burn, you know, or lose weight. Let's say. Uh, you're going to get much more, you know, it, it's much more metabolically demanding for your body to, to lift, to, to do resistance training. So in terms of training, resistance training is going to give you the, the most bang for your buck, so to speak, when it comes to losing fat. But it, that's only going to happen if uh, you're eating less calories than you are burning. Yeah. And so Dennis covered the needs, the, the, you guys need to be doing this, but you know, I kind of come into a, a lot of habitual training or uh, coaching here, right? And uh, you really – working out for, for a lot of people, it's the easy part. Mm-hmm. It is. You can get in the gym and you can crush it. What do you do in those 23 hours outside of the gym, right? And, and you know, losing fat, it's it's hard. If it, if it wasn't, we'd all be walking around ripped up, right? Um, you really got to look at what's your habits outside of the gym and say – what what are you what am i doing that's probably adding a lot of calories to my body or kind of um swaying me away um from burning burning fat right um 
two two easy habits that you can implement um, into a day to day um, regime is um, uh, increasing your NEAT, which is your uh, non exercise act um, active. Uh, oh no. What does the T stand for? Thermogenics, I think. I can't remember. But anyways, yeah. essentially what it is is how much are you moving throughout the yeah. day, right? Guys, when you work out, you burn quite a few calories. But like I said, the average person is burning around 25 to 1,500 calories a day depending on age, weight, um, and, and um, experience in the gym. Um, you're going to burn between 200 to – if you – get a crazy workout in 800 calories. Fantastic for you. Good luck doing that every single day. You'll burn out. Um, but you're burning usually only around 200 to 400 calories. Go put um, that muffin you ate this morning in your MyFitnessPal, and you'll see that one muffin is 400 calories. There goes your workout. Goes your workout. Yeah. And it takes – got to burn 3,000 calories to burn one um, uh, pound of fat. 35, that's right. Yeah, 3,500 calories. So you're looking to re usually burn around 500 to 250 calories, 500 being at the high end, 250 being at the normal. Um, anywhere between 250 calories to 500 calories uh, a day to in order to uh, burn that one pound of fat um, at the end of the week. So if you're crushing that sneaky muffin at night or that, that whatever that may be, that uh, thing that um, – uh, you're hitting that you're just like this has got so much calories for the density of it You really need to take out that that bad habit that you're having to in or in order to lose that fat And it's it's creating those successful habits that will help you burn fat so easily Yeah, and, and just to clear up just clear up what James said there. It's 500 calories excess. It's not that you're burning 500 calories total. It's mm. on top, right? So if I'm oh, that's a good clarification. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not 500 <laughs> calories a day. I think what James meant to say was 500 on top of, of what you're doing already, right? So yeah. Cool. What did we just say? No, sorry, we I'm losing track one, here. Yeah. We did that one. Okay. Yeah. Next question: How do I get a flat stomach? I think basically what we just said covers that. Um, it comes down to you know your diet. Uh, your training regimen again like you can get into s all these sorts of like crazy ab workouts and but there keep in mind there's no such thing as spot training so if I do a, a bunch of crunches or, or sit-ups my body's not just going to use you know fat from that area it's going to burn it's going to demand energy from all over the body um, there are some recent studies though that are showing there is a little bit of truth to that, but it, it for the most part, you, pr like James said, you're probably going to benefit more from doing full body workouts and, and, and the resistance training to really get that high metabolic demand in order for your body to, to burn that excess weight off. But there is no, um, such thing as spot training. So again, I can't just do a bunch of sit-ups and crunches and ab work and expect to lose weight solely in my in my midsection. Yeah, yeah um, I don't even think I got anything to clarify on that. Like, like Dennis, Dennis just smoked it all there. Um, yeah, d just like he said, there's no spot, spot reduction happening in when you're trying to burn weight. Like the number one thing that drives me nuts is when people just want to do 100 sit-ups a day and they think that they're going to get um, abs. Wh where are they going to see those abs? 
you got to burn the fat, the layer of fat that's over in that waistline, right? Like he said, abs are made in the kitchen. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And that's not to, not to say that you're not going to develop musculature there. You will develop muscle. If you train uh, muscle in isolation more often, you're going to see the development of that tissue. Uh, but like James said, you're not going to see that muscle unless the, uh, the, the shred the fat off. Okay, so we have our last question. Where do I start if I've never worked out? You know, you think this is an easy question, but it's actually quite a diff- it's it, it's quite difficult actually because we're so individualized, and this actually is when it gets into the psychology of personal training. Um, I I seriously thought I was able to sh- going to be able to show up um, for a session and be like, okay, guys, this is what we're doing. Let's hit it. It's it's completely different, right? Everyone's individual. Everyone has certain. Um, paths they needed to take to make sure to ensure success on their kind of fitness journey right um you know when i was kind of being taught in my certification this kind of really shows like how experience and personal training is uh it's so it's so huge um you know you start off you do your body weight measurements um uh, you just look at their food and diet scale and you kind of just hand them a piece of paper telling them a bunch of to, to, to do a bunch of things and uh, you see them in a week and you say hey good job you did all those things it's uh, everyone's individual and you need to kind of figure out why are you coming to find a personal trainer in the first place, right? So there's a, there's tons of different reasons, you know, and sometimes they need assistance in uh, eating more food. Sometimes they need assistance in movement quality. Sometimes they want performance training, right? Um, let's just take kind of like a ch- general guideline of it. You know, when someone comes in now, let, let, let's take, I'll take the uh, average person who comes in, you know, they're a little overweight and they're coming in to just be healthy, lose some weight and that's it. Right. Um, we literally start them off by saying, show up. That's how easy it is. Just keep showing up because this isn't a one week thing. This isn't a two week thing. This isn't a four week thing. This is a lifetime thing. Right. So we are trying to build lifetime habits with these people. Right. So, you know, once they found the consistency of showing up and kind of figuring out how they enjoy the gym, we still tell them, don't look at the scale because I can't tell you how many clients I have who come in and they tell me they look at the scale every single day. And that's depressing to me. That's sad to me. It's sad to me that they have to look at the scale every single day and be upset by what they see. You know what I mean? So changing the emotional behavior and the mentality of someone of what they're coming into is kind of like the first step that we uh, take. It's the first approach that we look at. Um, Once we find consistency in their training and we find that they're ready for that next step, maybe we'll look at the food. Maybe we'll just start weighing them in. Everyone is very different, right? But I mean, for viewers kind of pop, um, listening to this, like I said, just, just show up, just show up to the gym, walk through the doors and it just gets easier and easier and easier from there. And habits get built. Think about the amount of the amount of things that you've done that you didn't like doing when you started out and now brushing your teeth, you know, like, like, like who likes brushing their teeth as a kid and then habits get implemented. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's creating those little habits um, with people when they first start coming in. I'm never going to have someone come in and say, okay, let's look at your weight. Okay, let's look at your calories. Okay, you need to eliminate this, 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 and this, and this. It's baby steps. So what I would kind of um, test for you guys to do is uh, after you start showing up, look at that one habit or one thing that's happening in your life that's kind of uh, putting a, um, a negative or a hold or a setback. Yeah, an, or yeah, like an obstacle or setback into what you're trying to achieve after you've done that goal setting. 
right? Look at that. Do one practice. Once that practice becomes a lifestyle habit, you know, um, drinking water was a big one for a lot of my clients. You know, they can come in, they're ready to show up. They're ready to kick butt. They did five minutes on the treadmill to warm up and they're dying, you know? And I'm looking at them. I'm like, do you drink water or no? Okay. Well, let's just start with that. Okay. So let's just figure out that one habit that's kind of setting you back, get the consistency of moving in. Um, and then when you can kind of start looking at your weight, track your weight once a week, maybe do it Monday to Friday to find out where you're kind of uh, messing things up. If you're, if you're looking great on Friday because you kicked butt Monday to Friday, but then when you weigh on on Monday and you're like, Whoa, how did I gain four pounds? Well, maybe that was uh, that double decker cheeseburger from McDonald's on Saturday and Sunday isn't helping you. And Oh, what did you just find that bad habit that maybe you can take out on taking on a Sunday cheat meal or something like that? You know what I mean? So like I said, it's, it's, it's one step at a time. Yeah, uh, James touched nicely on that one step at a time. I think when it comes down to getting started and you're you're a complete beginner, you've never stepped foot in a gym before, or maybe you have and, and you just, you know, kind of tried it out for a little bit and you left and you're just starting to get back into it, um, find what you like. Uh, that's huge, you know, find what, what you like to do. If you like to run, run. If you like to lift, lift. Um, you like to play sports, do some athletic training, but that, I mean, from my experience and like what James kind of touched on with his experience with per, as personal trainers, everyone's different. And, um, my experience with my clients, especially when I have a tough time, let's say getting them motivated at the beginning of their fitness journey. Uh, one of the easiest ways to overcome that is just finding something that they genuinely enjoy doing, uh, for exercise and kind of, uh, building off of that. So that's what I would say is find what you like to do and kind of what we touched on before with your nutrition, find what you can stick to. If you can't stick to it for longer than uh, uh, two or three weeks, then it's probably not the best thing for you. So, uh, and, and find a balance. You know, a, a lot of the times people start off and they're really crazy to see results right away. You need to be patient with yourself. So, so you know, find the balance in, you know, the amount of exercise that you're going to do and the, the amount of exercise that you're going to commit yourself to doing um, and set a goal. If you don't have something that you're working towards, you're going to kind of be like aimless in, in your training. So find a target, uh, shoot for it and, and find something that that you genuinely enjoy doing that's going to actually help you get you towards that goal. So those would be like my, my top things when you, when you talk about starting in the gym. Um, and, and like I said, patience, be patient with yourself because, uh, like James touched a little bit on adaptation before and how your body kind of gets used to certain routines and certain exercises and just, uh, your lifestyle. So allow your body to have the time to adjust, to adapt and and, and, and then optimize and then again adapt and then optimize and then adapt. So we're, we're always kind of building that lifestyle. Exactly. Um, so keep that in mind when you start your fitness journey, it's not something that you're just going to do temporarily. It's something that like, okay, this is my, my new thing. This is the commitment that I'm making to myself for my health and my well being. And, um, but when it comes down to starting, find something that you enjoy that you can stick to, um, and be patient with yourself. Yeah. yeah. I think that's Anything else you want to add to that? Like exactly what Dennis said, you know, I think, 
I think a lot of people, they, they look at the uh, gym is the way to get healthy. And, you know, this is kind of coming, kind of coming a little ironic from personal trainers. But, uh, you know, you can get into the shape without the gym. That's exactly it. We've had clients come in and they love what, they, what, what we were doing for them. It just wasn't their thing. Mm-hmm. And they went and tried yoga and they said, listen, like, I, I love, love what you guys did. I saw help and I saw the success, but it was just not for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's fine. Like, I just, we're just here to um, accommodate a service that we can provide for you to help you if this is what you like, right? Mm-hmm. And so like Dan said, just find something you can stay consistent with. Don't, if you're scared to go to the gym, give it a go. Just give it a try. The amount of confidence that you will build, you're not going to be walking around with your shoulders slumped and your head down. You're going to be walking around with your head high, chest out, right? Um, and I think it looks intimidating from the outside yeah, looking in. It's exactly and it. Once it, you're it there, is. It's, it's very intimidating like, from the outside. And I'll tell you right now, a lot of those Jews heads that you guys are scared of, they're actually really nice guys. It's true. It is. They are it's actually true. really nice guys. And another thing, like, Honestly, no one, no one cares. No, one cares. no one's paying attention. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, if you're in the gym, most most people are, are you know, just minding their own business. Uh, that whole, you know, fear of being judged and, and fear of uh, starting out and just doing, looking stupid or just not looking like you're not knowing what you're doing. It's fine. Everyone starts somewhere. You know, uh, for me, you know, I. I I was that guy who used to just train bench and, and do bicep curls, and I never did a squat in my in my life. I didn't even know what a squat was, you know. And when I started working with a personal trainer and they showed me all these things, I was very humbled. But it showed me a lot, and it led me on this whole path of, of fitness. And now I I'm, I'm a trainer, and it's it's my it's my career. Uh, so again, just be patient with yourself and and understand that th- these things take time and that fear that you feel like, uh, what do they say? The, the greatest things in life are on the other side of fear, right? Mm, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Cool. That was a good way to end it. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in. I think we got a lot of good information. Yeah. Do you guys want to promote anything? Uh, you guys can check me out at drive three sixty five. Uh, <laughs> If you guys want a free consultation, just hit me up. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at CoachDennis underscore PT. Uh, you can email me at DennisOlivera1 at gmail.com, and I'll uh, get back to you as soon as possible and, and try to help you out as best as I can. I don't know if you. Yeah, yeah, and following up, same thing, Drive 365 Fitness, uh, local self-surrey private gym. If you guys are looking for somewhere where it's a little bit one-on-one based, uh, it's not a local um, – public gym so if you're looking for something um that's private no appointment based it's just you and a trainer uh it's a great facility to come in we got great people um follow us up on uh, drive 365 fitness to see some of the culture and some of the content that we upload as well give us a follow and then uh, direct message us there or feel free to info um email us at uh, info at drive 365 fitness.com for any questions at all we're always uh, eager and happy to help out and uh, get back to you guys cheers Awesome. Well, thanks for listening and thanks for sending us questions. Um, yeah, thanks again for coming. If you guys get a chance, please check out my Instagram at Young Culture Podcast and we'll talk to you soon.